0: voice of God Almighty, it's the voice of God's love, and I believe that there are voices sounding throughout the world, there are voices, not always heard certainly because there are other voices that are louder, we never can find rest until we find it in God, and I want you to hear this voice calling you back. Hey, what's up, Lake Point family? My name is uh, Mike Brown, in case we never met before, and uh, so grateful that you're joining us today. Thanks for staying engaged like this on the weekend. So grateful that you're just tuning in from wherever you might be uh, in the state of Texas, uh, the country, all over the world, and for you guys too. Thank you guys so much for being here today. We're in this uh, little series that we're calling uh, Frequency where we've been talking a lot about hearing uh, from God. How to listen to God's voice and how to follow like the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and learning to like put ourselves on the potter's wheel and let God shape us and mold us and chisel us into His best version of us, so that we can be the right person in the right place at the right time, being used by God for God's right uh, purposes. Uh, We've been learning that living in connection with God every day is such a gift. I mean, we we were made. To do life with our Creator, uh, uh, to move through our days just uh, acting justly and loving mercy and walking humbly uh, w- with God. And I'm learning that a huge part of walking with God is talking to God. I mean, just keeping that frequency, those lines of communication open all throughout the day. Now, you guys need to know this. I am, I am no expert whatsoever. On prayer, I mean, is anybody really an expert on prayer? It's a very, very mysterious thing. This frequency that we have with God. So I thought that maybe we could just begin our time together today, asking the question: Why pray? I mean, have you ever asked that? Like, why, why pray? What's the use anyway? I mean, if God already knows everything, I mean, what's the point of even talking to Him? I mean, can you really like change the mind of God? Does he even care? In the first place, is his mind already made up? You guys know how you know texting and, and Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, email, they, they've all become like a way of life for us in this uh, wireless culture. It's quick, it's super convenient, but it can also be super frustrating, can't it? I mean, you ever sent something really, really important and have it like disappear somewhere out there in cyberspace, isn't that frustrating? Prayer can feel like that sometimes. It just can't. A guy named George Butrich wrote these words. He says, prayer seems a spasm of words lost in a cosmic indifference. And he wrote those words in 1942, before the fast-paced, tech-driven world that we live in. And even before we began all this you know, social distancing and all these Zoom meetings, it seemed like we were taking less and less time for real face-to-face conversation taking very little time for reflection. And the ironic thing about the speed of technology, it's leaving us all with this nagging sense that there's just not enough time to get everything done. And this pandemic may have forced us to kind of slow down a bit, but in our minds, we're probably moving faster than ever before. And we're worried, we're jumpy, we're frustrated, we're irritable, we're, we're anxious, we're running way behind. So into a life like that, how do you even fit talking to God into that kind of schedule, and if you were able to, would he even listen? Does, does he even get our request? Do they seem trivial to a you know a very busy God? Can you even get through? Can you use up all your data? You know, or is there unlimited minutes? Is prayer just a spasm of words, lost in a cosmic indifference? I mean, why pray? Well, I think one of the answers is because we can't help it. William James said this the reason we pray is because we simply cannot help praying. According to Gallup polls, more Americans this week will, will, will pray than will work out, drive a car, clock in on the job. Nine out of 10 say they pray regularly. Three out of four people claim to play, pray every single day. Every religious faith has some form of prayer. Tribal people for centuries have been pleading and singing and dancing before all the little G gods for healing, for rain, for good crops, for protection. Muslims stop and face Mecca five times a day and pray to Allah. People in AA or NA begin to pray to a higher power to help them get their unmanageable lives back on track. I think it's because it's hardwired within us. I'm convinced that every one of us longs to connect with the one true God who made us. Even if we're not sure about his identity, even if we're not sure he even exists, even if we don't really believe in him, even when he seems distant, we still long to connect. We pray because we're empty. We pray because we're grateful. We pray because we're scared. We pray because we feel helpless. We pray for answers on a test. We pray for test results from a lab. We pray for a deal to go through at work. We pray for our dad to be healed. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for peace. We pray for strength. We pray for the assurance that we are not alone. You hit some unexpected turbulence on an airplane, everybody's praying. We can't help it. We just can't help it. In fact, the word for prayer comes from the Latin root precarious, from which we get our English word precarious, right? We pray in precarious situations, don't we? We pray out of desperation when there's nowhere else to turn. We can't help it, so we pray. I mean, search the pages of Scripture, and you will see people like Abraham prayed, Moses prayed, both even negotiated with God and got him to change his mind. David prayed, Nehemiah prayed, Daniel prayed, Ezekiel prayed, Ruth prayed, Elijah prayed for rain and it rained, Mary prayed, Peter prayed, Paul prayed, and Jesus prayed all the time. And Over and over in the gospels, the biographies of Jesus' life, it says that Jesus would sneak off the quiet places and just pray. He knew the value of staying connected, being on that same frequency. He knew that prayer is basically... Just keeping company with God. So when doubts start to creep in and I start to wonder if prayer really matters, I'm reminded that Jesus, the one who spoke the universe into existence, felt this compelling need to pray. In fact, his number one passion was talking to his father. And the way he moved throughout his life with courage and joy, the way he had had this incredible energy for, for loving people in this radical and inclusive way that he did, his ability to teach like no one had ever taught before with such wisdom and clarity, his ability to deal with criticism and all the difficult people that required a little extra grace, all of that flowed out of his intimacy with his father. All of it flowed out of those times of prayer. He embraced prayer as an absolute life. Line. In fact, you know the only thing that, the, that his disciples asked him to teach them? You know what it was? You, you would think it would be, hey, Jesus, could you teach us that water and a wine thing? That'd be a great party trick, right? Could you teach us that wave walking thing? Could you, could you show us how to multiply fish and, and bread? We, we, we'd love to learn that. No, you know, you know what they ask him? The only thing they ever ask him to teach him, Lord... Um, you think you could teach us to pray? You see, all they'd ever seen before in their culture were these polished, well-crafted, theatrical public performance prayers of the pious hypocrites. But when they witnessed Jesus' authentic conversation with his Father, the real life-giving connection that prayer gave to him, they wanted it too, and they said, Lord, you, you, you think you could teach us to do that? Did you teach us to pray? James, who was the brother of Jesus, also recognized the life-giving connection that prayer gives. Look what he writes in James chapter 5, verse 16. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So again, why pray? Because it's powerful and effective. Now, when, when James talks about the prayer of a righteous person, he is certainly not talking about perfection. Gang, we have no righteousness whatsoever on our own. We are people of the second chance who humbly acknowledge that it's only through the grace of Jesus Christ that I am made right with God. He's just saying that when somebody sincerely comes to God with a humble heart and unpacks that heart, it's powerful. And it's effective. I I think I might have told you guys before that I had LASIK surgery almost like 15 years ago. Now, my up-close vision is a little tougher these days. But I can read like license plates from a mile away. It's incredible, (laughs) the the, the vision that that it gave me. I sat on a chair, and after 12 seconds on each eye, I got up out of that chair, and for the first time since sixth grade, I could see the clock. It was like amazing. I could see so much clearer now. Prayer does that for me. It corrects my vision. Every time I get up from the chair in of my office or, or the family member or all on the back deck or I may be jogging with some you know, AirPods in or sitting on a, in a beach chair on a park bench or some big rock in a hiking trail somewhere, wherever, wherever I've been praying, every time I get up, I can see better. It, prayer gives me focus. It gives me a fresh perspective of who he is and who I'm not, when I'm talking to God, it enables me to embrace my smallness and lean into his bigness. It enables me to really see that his ways actually are higher, that his thoughts are higher, that his wisdom is bigger, that his power is greater, that his love runs deeper, and that his vision is so much better than mine. And prayer brings all that back into focus for me. I I was sitting on the beach uh, one day. I I live in Ventura, California. And uh, I was watching pelicans. This is, have I mean, you ever seen pelicans like dive bomb into the ocean for fish? I was watching these in- incredible animals just, you know, kind of cruise and all of a sudden they just go wham and jump down, go down the water. And it got me thinking, I wonder how successful these guys are. You know, cause man, they're, they're doing, they're just dive bombing into, 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 into like the black water. So I did what every gr- good researcher does. I Googled it. Right. <laughs> and I found some really detailed studies. Uh, I mean, marine biologists study, study pelicans. In short, pelicans are about 70% successful when they dive bomb into that water. Now, you can tell when they throw their head back, they got a fish. If they don't throw their head back, they didn't get a fish. But they have, they have calculated that 70% of the time they're successful. And this is what blew me away. When they, they dive from a higher spot, guess what? The success rate goes to 90%. So I'm sitting on the beach, and my philosophical mind started churning. And I'm thinking, you know what? Sometimes when I back away from a situation, and when I fly a little higher, I can see a lot clearer. I can start to see with with the eyes of, of my father, who has a much better view than I have. I love what Philip Yancey writes about this. He says, prayer, and only prayer, restores my vision to one that more resembles God's. I awake from my blindness to see that wealth, it just lurks as a terrible danger, not a goal we're striving for, that value depends not on race or status, but on the image of God every person bears, that no amount of effort to improve physical beauty has much relevance for the world beyond. And prayer does that for me too. And it will for you as well. It'll bring reality back into focus. It'll remind you, come on, there, there is a better way to live. Yes. There, are, there are better things to, to live for. There are things not worth getting all stressed out about. There are better ways to define success. There are much more noble passions to pursue with your life. There, there's so much wisdom in prayer. There's so much wisdom in this little line. You've seen this line before perhaps, Be still. And know that I am God. Now, the the phrase for be still is the word from which we get our word, vacation. It literally means to vacate. Have you guys ever thought about prayer being like a vacation? I think sometimes God just comes to us and invites us to take a break. He goes, listen, why don't you come down out of your corner CEO office of your life and just let me be in charge today. I got a great idea. I'll be God today. Why don't you just take the day off? Prayer does that for me, just helps me be still and just let him be in charge. He's a good, good father, guys. Again, I was uh, sitting on the beach one day and I don't want to get you idea, that's all I ever do is sit on the beach. But I was, uh, I love, that's, I'll go there to pray a lot, I really do. I have the chance to do it, so, so I do. And I was sitting there one morning and I had my laptop and I was just writing, I got on a gratitude roll. And I, that's something you really ought to do in prayer is thank God a lot more than you ask God for. So I was just, I was just anything to pop my mind, I was putting it on my laptop, just, just typing it in, you know, whatever came to my mind. And I was, I was sitting there, it, it, was, it was in, in the morning, there's really nobody else on the beach. And this, this guy and his little boy got in the water about 100 yards in front of me. I'm sitting back on the dunes. And I noticed them. And I noticed this dad picking up this little boy. He's probably like four years old. He would scoop him up, and they would run into a wave and hit the wave. And the little boy would just crack up laughing. Then he'd pick him up and he'd put him back down. Then he'd run back in again and hit another wave. And they were just having a time of their life. And I'm watching this no kidding, I'm I'm, I'm watching this and and I felt like God just spoke to me and said, see that? That's you and me. And I got all emotional sitting there. He goes, you have no idea how many waves I protected you from. And I love just picking you up and having fun with you and crashing into the water. Then I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go tell that guy. Like, no, you sure? (laughs) And it's like, okay. So I walk down to the water and and I say, hey, listen, now I don't want you to think some like creepy dude is sitting back here stalking you guys, but uh, I've just been watching you all for a while. I just want to tell you something, man. You're a good dad. And this guy's a big old dude, all tatted up. He goes, Well, thanks. (laughs) I go, yeah, I gotta tell you what happened. I sit back here watching you guys, and God reminded me of the picture of how God takes care of you and me like a good father. And I just wanna let you know, man, you, you like made my day today. He starts to tear up and goes, man, well, thanks, thanks for telling me that, man. Prayer for me has become so much more than just a shopping list of I want this and I need that. It's LASIK, it's new vision. It's a realization of how good a dad he is. It's a step back into reality of the universe that I am not the center of it. Gang, I'm not the star of the show and neither are you. I am simply a, small, a, a much loved but small bit player in the grand epic story of God. I am not the lead part. I'm not the name on the marquee. I'm not the director. I'm not the producer. I'm not the scriptwriter. As they roll the credits one day, I'm going to be listed as like third bald guy. That's what I'm going to be. <laughs> it's the epic story of God. And I'm simply invited to play a small, small part. Now, the part that we get to play is a significant part. But, gang, it's small. It's all about his greatness and his glory. Glory and his fame and his goodness and his plan it's all about his unfailing love for all of us and prayer brings all of that back into focus for me yes. that's the power of prayer that's the effectiveness of prayer that's just one of the reasons why i pray you really ought to read this little book of james i want to take you about like 15 minutes to read it and you will notice he talks about prayer all the way through he says if you lack wisdom You ought to pray. If you're sick, you ought to pray. If you're going through a tough time, you ought to pray. Even celebrate the way those tough times are growing your character. Pray. Keep company with God. Stay connected to God. Stay in constant communication with God. You got unlimited minutes. See prayers as ongoing conversation between two people who just love each other. That's a powerful and effective way to live your life. Now, let's go back to that verse. We saw a little bit earlier, verse 16 in James chapter 5. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, did you notice the power in praying for and being honest with each other? Freedom comes when you open up and you just get stuff out I was praying with a guy not long ago and uh, he recently, he, uh, he unloaded something on me that he'd been, he'd been hiding for over two years. He finally just got honest with another person and confessed this really, really dark secret. And as he confessed it, as he got honest with me, you could almost see like healing, yeah. just rushing into this guy's soul. He, he even told me, I felt like after we prayed, like I lost weight. Because I went home and got on the scale, I didn't. But it sure—it felt like it felt like I did. Gang, God says, "Come on, just bring your secrets, bring your scars, bring your shame. Just bring all of you. Just lay it out, unpack your heart. Just be honest. There's power in just being honest with God. So since we're asking, why pray? Another reason I do is because I just need a place of honesty where I can just completely be myself. I don't have to pretend with God any way. I don't have to conceal the truth. I don't have to fake it. I don't have to be concerned about image management. I don't have to be on my best behavior. He is the one person I can totally be myself around. Now, I got some friends that know me really, really well. Uh, My wife, Debbie, knows me better than anybody else on the planet. My kids know me very well. Debbie and I have a relationship based on honesty. But even she doesn't know everything about me. In fact, I don't know everything about me. But God does. He knows me inside out. His light goes into the darkest crevices, exposing any dirty little secrets. Now, I'm trying to be authentic. I'm trying to live with integrity and character. I really do want to be one of those genuine what you see is what you get kind of guys. I'm not trying to hide stuff. But there are things about me that you can't see. There are things about me that I can't see. Proverbs 27, 19 says, As water reflects a man's face or a woman's face, so their heart reflects that person. So I need to know what's really true about me in my heart. What's the truth on the inside of me? I think that's why Jesus said, listen, when you pray, don't make it some street corner performance like religious people do. Instead, go into your closet and pray. Now, he wasn't talking about an actual walk-in closet. Nobody even heard of those things back in those days. He was talking about getting to a place of complete honesty where you're not trying to impress anybody where you can just be totally honest with God where you can bring the real you a place where you can pray search me oh God test my heart know my anxious thoughts here I am God I'm in a place of complete honesty you know me my heart is open no hiding no faking it I need to know what's true about me what do you see in me that needs to get fixed? Take me to the root of that. I just need to know what's true. Anybody else like me just like terrible at keeping secrets? I'm not, I'm not, a, good, I'm not a good secret keeper. I find it hard to hold in the surprise. I have let the cat out of the bag way too many times for people to trust me with like surprise parties and stuff. like If I find a cool gift... I can't wait till Christmas. I got to give it in September because I, I, I'm just terrible at holding things inside. In fact, none of us are really good at it, even when we think we are. I mean, whether it's a friendship or boyfriend-girlfriend relationship or a marriage, when we hide stuff, when we conceal a bunch of secrets, it puts a huge strain on that relationship. And I've also found that trying to hide stuff from God trying to fool him, try to trick him, try to conceal something from him, is not only futile, but it hinders my relationship with him. And it keeps me from walking free. My friends in AA say, well, you're as sick as your secrets. And the sin you want to re- conceal the most is the one you need to reveal the most. God wants the real you, the authentic self. There's great freedom in bringing that person to God in prayer. I've always loved what C.S. Lewis said about this. He said, we must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. We must lay before him what is in us, the truth, not what ought to be in us. I pray because I need somewhere to go with my deepest secrets I need to open up those locked boxes of shame and regret and let somebody examine the contents. I need to be completely honest with someone. So why not open up with the one who already knows and accepts me and loves me anyway? There's an old hymn maybe some of y'all grew up with. It just said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything, everything to him in prayer. Not only my deepest secrets or my wounds, I can bring my joys, I can bring my gratitude, I can bring my doubts and my fears and my gripes and my complaints and my worries to God in prayer, and I can just be myself, bring my uniqueness, my personality, and talk to God the way I actually talk. I don't talk to my wife Debbie in some rote, formulaic, ritualistic kind of way. I've never once come into the house, and go, oh, thou, oh, most majestic of all women, thou hast bestowed a bountiful feast before me in the presence of mine offspring that you have borne from thy womb. No, not, not, not in a million years, you know? connect with God in a real personal way. Just talk normal. Come to him with respect. Come to him with honor and awe, but with total confidence in his love for you. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, some of us text our friends all day long, right? We love to talk to them. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. It says, and we'll read it from the message. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Pray all the time. Thank God, no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you, who belong to Christ Jesus, to live your life. Did you catch that? Pray, all the time. Some versions say pray without ceasing. Prayer is this ongoing, constant conversation between two people who love each other, and you just stay connected all throughout the day. Now, I think you ought to, like, carve out times, like we talked about, the be still and know God, to shut down distractions really, really listen to God well. Some of you might do that like early in the morning. Maybe some of you do it right before you you go to bed at night. But I am learning that prayer really is this ongoing, never-ceasing connection you have with God. Just living in the awareness of his presence all day long. I I think this is kind of what scripture means when it says like pray all the time or pray without ceasing. Let's just say you're you're like sitting in your office, wherever you work and you're on God okay I got this uh, huge meeting uh, coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon and I just want to let you know I just committed to you uh, give me wisdom and discernment I'm I'm laying out this proposal help me to be kind and respectful keep me sharp keep me focused then as you're walking down the hall to the meeting okay God I'm almost there just keep me aware you're going to walk through that door with me and whatever your plan is for it whatever you want to do through it just I'm giving it to you then during the meeting, you're sitting there saying, okay, God, they're picking apart my proposal right now. Help me not get defensive right now. Help me not to get arrogant or angry. Help me to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Uh, help me to be kind and humble and let me just bra- embrace their feedback. Then you're walking out of the meeting, back down the hall. God, thanks for what went on in there. I'm not sure how I know how, what, what went on, but whatever happened back there, I still just give it to you. That's what it means to pray all the time to be in this constant conversation with God. Or maybe you're, you're in the shower and, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're washing your hair you're, or you're shaving your head as the case may be. And you just say, God, yeah, I got, I got this date coming up at seven o'clock tonight. And I just wanna tell you right now, I'm just committing this night to you. Um, as I'm washing up the outside, I'm just asking you right now to wash the inside so I can bring the best person I can bring to that date tonight. And whatever's in your heart for this relationship, that's what I want. Because I've told you before, God, I just want to jump into the river of your will for, your lo- for my life. And wherever the current and flow takes me, I'm going to trust your wisdom in this. Let it be so. Or maybe you're saying, hey, God, here I am. I'm standing here in this uh, long line at the grocery store wearing a mask. I'm so tired of all this. Come on. God, I can feel my frustration level rising. Just calm me down right now. Keep my eyes open for a chance to maybe connect with somebody who might need a kind word today. God, help me be a a light. Help me maintain a positive attitude in the moment here, God. Give me a joyful spirit. Keep me aware that people all over the place are suffering and and a lot of people are sacrificing during, during all of this. God, I'm just asking you, keep me focused on serving other people today. Or maybe you're laying on a hospital gurney and saying, God, I'm going in for that open heart surgery thing. Thanks for the awesome doctors and nurses, I'm scared, but I, I want you to know whatever happens in there, my life, my future, my attorney's is in your hands. And my peace comes from just knowing you. Yes. Or maybe you just get real honest say, God, it's the weekend at Lake Point. And I gotta talk to a whole bunch of people about this mysterious thing called prayer. And in these moments, Lord, I, I have nothing to say except what you want me to say. I have no wisdom apart from your wisdom. I have no strength, no energy apart from what you cause caused to flow through me. My words, my thoughts, my ego, my motives, my life are all in your hands in this moment. It's the effective prayer, powerful prayer is honest prayer. It's just personal prayer. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I, I know I'm a little weird in lots of ways, but I find my prayers to sometimes resemble different musical styles. Um, sometimes sometimes I'm so full of gratitude. Like my heart is just swelling up, like some, you know, some grand overture. Uh, you know, I'm thanking God for the beauty of the sunrise. I'm thanking him for the brilliance of the sunset, the, the waves crashing, the laughter of my family, the leaves changing colors. Sometimes my, my heart just swells up like this big epic movie score with strings and timpani. Sometimes my prayers are classical. Yeah. Sometimes my prayers are like pop. I just want to express, express myself and having a great day. I want to explode with joy because my life is so good and I'm so grateful. Other times it's like hip-hop. Well, I just want to like thump the beat and you know, put big old rims on my truck tires and turn the bass up so the back window's going like that, and because that's how I roll and I crank up the music, kind of get my head bobbing, you know, and just hang out with God. Sometimes prayer is just like hip-hop for me, just kind of chilling with God. Sometimes prayer for me, and I'm sure some of you guys can to relate to this, is like jazz. Because jazz, like life, can be very, very unpredictable. And sometimes my life is all over the place. And sometimes my prayers are all over the place. Anybody else? <laughs> I, got, I got a riff going on over here. I got a riff going on over here. Um, so you ever pray like jazz? Where you're not even sure what's coming out of your mouth? It's all just like improv. Other times, my prayers resemble rock music where I am focused, I'm determined, I'm persistent. This is like this driving beat. Same theme, same words, repetitive. I'm relentless. Jesus said, Jesus, you said, keep on asking, keep on knocking. Well, here I am. I'm knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Sometimes I pray like that. Sometimes it's like country music. some of you are country music fans. You know, countries are all about stories we can relate to. And sometimes I'm just pouring out my story to God and pouring out the stories of other people that I'm praying for. And that's sometimes I, when I'm praying, I realize like most of us are like the rest of us, that we all have similar stories. And I feel comfortable sometimes enough in that setting to even open up and share stuff with other people. Even pray in a group like James said, confess your sins to each other. I can link arms with other people knowing they got the same kind of struggle that I got. Sometimes my prayer is like country music. But there are times, there are times when my prayers are filled with the realness and the rawness of the blues. If you will read through the book of Habakkuk, Lamentations, Jeremiah, Job, read the prayers of Jesus. Read all the prayers in the Psalms. Man, they are raw and they are honest. Now I wanna show you this scripture. And I'm gonna to try to read it like I believe this might have been originally prayed. So here we go. From Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why you remain so distant? Ignore my cries for help. Every day I call to you, God. But you don't answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I can't get no relief. Whoa, I got the blues. That's that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Thanks, man. (laughs) But prayer like that, I'm telling you, is powerful and effective because it's real. And it's raw. And you're just opening up your heart and going, God, I don't even know what to say. Here it is and you unpack your heart. As Scripture says, sometimes the Holy Spirit just prays. He, like, groans for you because you you don't even know what to say. I'm discovering that prayer is primarily a love song. It's about his faithfulness. It's about his righteousness, his goodness, and his perfection. Prayer is about his insatiable desire to connect with you and me, to talk with you and me, to comfort you and me, to hold us, to breathe life into us. To lead us, to empower us and to use us in this world. to pray is to stay connected with the lover of your soul. So, so why don't we like do that right now? Father, you are so good. Your view from above is like none other. Your wisdom is like none other. Thank you that you're a place we can all run to and just be honest unpack our heart. We can tell you anything. Thank you that you've put people in our lives that we can do that with as well. Thank you for the power and effectiveness of just honest, real, raw prayer. Thanks for the privilege of being on the same frequency with you, God. Thank you for longing to hear from us, longing to connect. Thank you for teaching us that That prayer is so much more than a a long list of things we want or need, but it's just staying connected with the lover of our soul. And we want to do more and more of that. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus, who knew how to do it better than anybody else. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our Church Online Live Weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital.